Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Oh man, Wendy, I can't tell you how much I love the new X-Files. Oh, and you've watched it and I haven't yet. So at the point of this recording, anyway, hopefully by the time this episode is released, I will be caught up and I intend to watch like tonight. Let me just say, I mean, if you like the X-Files then you like the show. Okay. You know, well, I do. You know, I think, <laughs> you know, if you liked it back in the 90s, then you like it today. I mean, that really like... Compared to, I mean, the golden age of television or whatever, like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think, I think it holds up. I mean, it's not the deep character study of something that, you know, maybe people are looking for nowadays. Okay. Um, sure. But if you're looking for UFO conspiracies like I am. Always. Then it, it certainly fits Great. the bill. Okay. So I would, I would make sure to, to get caught up as soon as you, because I've been blogging about it. Too. I know you have, and I've been trying to avoid your blog posts. <laughs> Most people have been trying to avoid my blog posts. You have to feel bad. Well, no, that. normally I don't, but you know, obviously, I don't want to spoil it for myself. So, but like I said, I think tonight, tonight might be catch-up night. Cool. Well, so. well the last episode um, was called Mulder and Scully Meet the Were Monster. The what? The Were Monster. So, like, not where, <laughs> as in like, where you going, monster? That, Where's the monster now? That's a totally different kind of monster. That's like, okay. That's like your annoying friend that says, "Where are you going?" That's like a whole different kind of monster. <laughs> hey, where are, you, where are you going, monster? Right. It's it's like it's a, a like a werewolf. It's not a werewolf or a their wolf. <laughs> werewolf. Uh, yeah, and I mean werewolves what? will get their own episode. Werewolves when the time comes, because werewolves are too rich and interesting of a. Oh dream, yes, you know. Um, yeah, but it's it's a were monster as opposed to a where monster. Correct. What you're saying? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's a were monster, and I mean people use the term where, uh, you know, for any kind of thing that you can change change into. Mm-hmm. So you could have a, a you know like a, a were caterpillar. If you could change into a caterpillar, I don't even know why I picked the caterpillar. There's like a lot of <laughs> were caterpillars. There's were bears. That's cute sounding. Yeah, like I'm the like werebear. Bears. And right until you meet a werebear, and then right, it's the not cute. Person changes into a bear and eats you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. where ca- I mean, playing Dungeons and Dragons, there was a whole bunch of different kinds of were monsters. Okay, right. and and so the people that we're talking about today, um, we kind of have to talk about it with some kind of sensitivity, I think, because it's it's a you know, it's a, a group of people. It's a, it's a social group. And, yeah. and you know, you don't want to say, like, not wear monsters or anything like that. But we'll get into the people that do feel that they're close to monsters. And Okay, so they, they're, like, self-proclaimed? Self-proclaimed a little bit, but not just, hmm, how do I put this? In a, in a sensitive way. Because, you know, they just feel that they are not quite, um, or they're more than human. Ah, okay. Like they share a kindred spirit with uh, an animal. Okay. So they feel that they're more like the animal or that the animal's just as much a part of them as the human is. I see. And 
Uh, so that's that's kind of what we're talking about today. The other kin. That sounds so cute. Other, I mean, right? So they are they are kin to the other, and and this is a this is a bigger thing in the age of the internet than it used to be because now people can kind of get together and talk about it. Right. So, <laughs> so if you feel that you are akin to an animal, that you're closer you're closer to them than you are to a person, or you're you're equally close to both. Yeah. The internet's the place where you find more people who are like that. Right. I wonder what that would feel like. Right. I, I don't know. So, um, and, and, you know, they, they kind of made news in last year because when Caitlyn Jenner came out as transgender, you know, and did the whole thing and, and kind of brought attention to the, to the transgender movement, people started, you know, comparing transgender to the other kin. Because they're like, oh, well, if somebody... that's kind of interesting. Right. They're like, well, if somebody's, you know, if somebody can feel that they're a woman trapped in a man's body, then what's the difference between that and a wolf trapped in a, in a, a man's body or a... Okay. You know, other form of life. Right. And so there was some kind of weird, like, equated to it. And I don't, hmm, I don't mean... That's interesting. Yeah. And, well, and that's the kind of thing. So, like, people on websites would say, like, okay, well, now that we have to acknowledge Caitlyn Jenner, do we have to acknowledge the person that thinks that they're a character from a Japanese anime? Oh, okay. So at what... Yeah, like, where do we draw the line? Right. And to me, I think we draw the line. If that person wants to be a character from the Japanese anime, great. You know, I got nothing... <laughs> So, I mean, but that's the kind of thing. So it was brought up in media a lot last okay. year on blogs and everything because they were like, well, you know, is this the new thing we're going to every, is it uh, all of a sudden we're going to start having to say to people, like call people by their wolf name. <laughs> right. And I think that's a completely different, you know, it's just a completely different thing, but they kind of made the mm-hmm. news last year about that. And so that's kind of, kind of what I was thinking when I was thinking about this episode is that, you know, there are, there's just, there's just subcultures. Now, of people who are interested in things and people who feel certain things. And the wonderful sure. par- part about the internet is that they can connect to each other. Yeah, they all find each other and form communities. Yeah, and so if you like it, if you feel that you're, you know, part fox or something like that, then you connect with other people who feel they're part fox and you can talk about it in a respectful way. Whereas if you might mm-hmm. tell your friends, like, hey, have you ever, ever felt like you were more like a fox than a person? Your friend they, might, yeah. your friend might hide you. His, he might hide his chickens. Like, uh oh, not by my, not my chickens, pal. Oh gosh, no. So, I mean, that's the thing. So, what are other kin? And so, uh, there's a, a a book, a field guide to other kin. And so, here's a here's a good uh, definition from the field guide. And and people describe themselves however they want to describe. Like this is a like if you go on Tumblr and tried to define other kin, like people will argue about it and say, I'm this. Oh, and the I'm definition? That. Yeah. Yeah. It's any kind of subculture, people fight about it. It's like when you talk about punk rock, you know, there's yeah. the straight edgers and then there's the people that don't like mall punk and there's the people that only like early eight, like only SoCal punk is the real punk and only... Well, and it's it's the same thing with like a label too because they're if it's if the person feels that way and then you're going to label them and it doesn't exactly match how they feel, then it's, That's, it's a sticky situation or a... It's a gray area. I think it's a gray area. And I think, and I think it is a sticky situation because, I mean, people label themselves. And I think this goes back to the whole, the whole thing we were talking about before is that people want to label themselves in a certain way. And as long as they're not getting in your way, you should probably acknowledge that label and call them whatever they want to be called. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, uh, when I used to go to parties, 
And people would be like, what's your name? And I used to tell my name was Snake. Right. right? Like, you still do that sometimes I do. at restaurants call, call when me you put Snake. your name in. <laughs> yeah, call me Snake. And that's, you know, if somebody... And I mean, obviously I did that... Mike, as, are you an other kin? No, I wish I was an other kin because I, I think that'd be a, an interesting thing. I wish I had that, that feeling of, of like... Hmm, maybe I'm a, you know, maybe I'm a bear or a t- I think I'd be a tiger. Or a snake. Yeah, or maybe a snake. But it was to me, it was just like a joke from Escape, yeah. Escape from New York or whatever. Right. Um, but the fact is, is that like if, you know, whatever people want to be called, like if, Wendy, if you, it, it's like if you wanted to be called by your full name, like don't call me Wendy, call me Wendy Lynn or, you know, yeah. when people call me Michael, I think it's weird. You know, it's like Michael, who, <laughs> who's that? Is there a teacher around? <laughs> have you done something bad right you're in trouble right so I, I i think that's the thing so whatever people like to be called i think that's where it gets sticky when when you call somebody something that might be construed as an insult or something you know I, I think that's that's where you come in so okay what are the other kin we'll go back to the field guide to the other kin by the author lupa <laughs> a person who believes that through either a non-physical or uh, parenthesis, much more rarely, unparenthesis, physical means, she or he is not entirely human. This means that anyone who relates internally to a non-human species, either through soul, mind, body, or energetic resonance, or who believes that she or he hosts a being in his or her body or mind, is Lupa's definition of another kin. Okay. So... You relate internally to a non-human species through soul, mind, body, or energetic resonance. Okay, I, I think that's so, a that's a. I'm good. sorry. Who is this Lupa? Lupa is another kin who wrote a field guide to other kin. Okay, I was just curious where their experience or expertise. Yeah, it wasn't meant. some kind of sociologist or something like that. It was a. It was, yeah. a, it was, it was an other kin. Herself, himself. I'm not sure. But if Lupa, how, okay. Lupa, how Lupa identifies, I think that's a good way to okay. put it. How does, how does Lupa right. identify? Okay. And kind of started back in the 1970s when people started feeling akin to elves. Aww. And, and not like elves in the, in like the Icelandic tradition of elves, you know, where okay. this, you know, where it's a, uh, a legend from, it's a legend from decades and millennia long ago you know elves like and they felt kin to the lord of the ring elves i, I knew it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just had a hunch like elrond and and, and galadriel sure. and stuff okay so they would right because the 1970s because that that's kind of when lord of the rings took off was the late 1960s right um even though and it was written beforehand but it really was taken up by the hippie culture uh as you know as one of their favorite books and so the elven kind that, that kind of started it and people started getting together and uh, they had like a oh, little yeah. newsletter and stuff. Do they wear the ears like the pointy ears? I think sometimes they might, you know, sometimes they dress up like the pointy eared elves. Yeah. And it's not just you like doing it. So that's cosplay. If you like doing it, like if you like, right. if you want to dress up like uh, Elrond or whatever. Oh yeah. Like a specific character. Correct. Or you'll also see at the cons, you'll see people with those ears, the like wolf ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Move and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. that's just cosplay. And that's fun. Like, they, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if they feel spiritually connected. Yeah. To the I mean, they may or may not. But right. I think a lot of them just dress up because it's fun. Yeah. And I mean, and cosplay is more popular now 
than ever. I mean, you see, I mean, with the internet and everybody's taking photos, it's every convention is full of cosplay, you know, more than just like when I was a kid, like somebody might have the Spock ears or something right. like that, or they'd wear a suit of armor to Gen Con. <laughs> um, I mean, they really go for it now. And then people... It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. And, and people will do some things. They'll take like apart from Doctor Who and apart from Firefly and apart from the Lord of the Rings and they'll have a costume that encompasses all of that stuff. Cool. You know? So you'll have like a, a Darth Vader dressed like an elf from the Lord of the Rings. So they, you know, they, they kind of... <laughs> it's so a mashup. Right, so cosplay is its own thing. It's not like other kin. That's not what we're talking about. No. So, yeah, it could be el- elven kind. Some people feel connected to dragons. That they feel spiritually connected to That's an interesting... Dragons. Well, I mean, fan- fantasy yeah. characters. I mean, and really, it is these fantasy characters, and that's a specific kind of other kin called fictives. Ah, okay. Makes sense. From fiction. Right. So, I mean, fictives, they feel connected to fictional characters. They feel, quote-unquote, soul-bonded is another term that I, I saw. And I was reading an article about somebody who was soul-bonded to a character from the game Final Fantasy VII. Wow. And... They really felt like they were just as close to this character from Final Fantasy VII as they were to their mom wow. or the dead. So that's just, I mean, that, that's the feeling, the fictive. Mm-hmm. And there's otaku kin. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's where they get connected to characters in, in like Japanese cartoons. Ah, okay. So, you know, that kind of, you know, they feel connected to something besides human. And I mean, that's, and the, the communities and, and Tumblr is really full of it. So you gotta, if you look at my other kid on Tumblr, now don't go there and say like, you guys are crazy or anything like that. I heard, I heard you on the See You on the Other Side podcast. Oh no, no, of course not. No, we're looking go, for education here. Right. And you're going to, because so, sometimes people dress up in awesome ways and they have cool things to say and, and you want to, yeah. want to check it out. So anytime. Well, and if you're curious about something and you want to learn more about it, then I mean. And anytime you investigate a group with a lot of other people like to make fun of, you want to be as respectful as possible. Right, of course. Right? Because we all were part of some group that other people made fun of for a while. Like, I just talked about all the were creatures that we used to, you know, see in advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so, obviously, I've been a part of a group that people have made fun of. You know, and I, even worse, I was a LARPer. We played wow. live-action vampire role-playing and right. whole, dressed up and did and you know sometimes you'd come to school dressed up like that and we thought it was fun and it was all i don't fun. see how that's worse that's pretty awesome no you ask me I, I agree it's awesome but i'm saying it on this yeah on the, the mainstream society might might on the scale of agree. like okay you're a guy that plays dungeons and dragons all right nerd you're a guy that you and all your friends dress like <laughs> dress like your vampire characters to school like you know we didn't get it that bad like, a little bit but it never got it that bad, so I'm not going to complain that you know I was never part of a. I never felt victimized as part of the geek subculture, right? At, at least when I got into high school and stuff like that. Maybe when I was younger, but well, never, I think you're also clever enough to to defend yourself in a way. That, maybe you know, I didn't. I only cried every once in a while, not all the time. Nice. So okay, fictives, Utako kin, Elven kind, other kin. It, it. Now, what we were talking about the people who feel connected to animals are yes. called Therians. And Therianthropy are the people who don't, they don't feel connected to like cartoon characters or dragons and vampires and stuff. They feel connected to animals. 
Hmm. There's a good quote on this from Vice. They wrote an interesting article about other kin that we'll link to in the show notes. But from this Vice article, I spoke to John on Reddit, a 19-year-old from Knoxville, USA, known on the web as Naslavic. He introduced himself. I am a red fox kin who was, as we call, awakened about a year ago. He said that awakening felt, at the very least, relieving because everything seemed to come together for him. Huh. I started getting odd dreams where I would change physically into a fox, and they were very realistic, honestly. And after a while, in real life, it felt quite real, like I actually had a tail, I actually had ears, and I actually had paws. At first, it was one of those things that I freaked out over. And then, <laughs> after a while, it was like, I'm just going to play with my tail for a minute. <laughs> Gosh, let's not go there. <laughs> Every so, no, I, that was his quote. It wasn't like I'm right. Every so often, John says he gets mental shifts. I could just be at home and all of a sudden click. The fox part of me just comes out for a while huh. and then it just goes. And so, go ahead. Not trying to be disrespectful in any way, of course, but just hearing you read that, all I could think about was Teen Wolf. Like the scene when he first starts, like oh, the yeah. hair starts growing and stuff. Well, I mean, te- but, Teen Wolf would be another kin. But this is more of a, he was experiencing the feeling, but it wasn't, the physical changes weren't occurring, but it yeah. felt like they were. Yeah. And speaking of fictives, Teen Wolf was the first time I saw a movie and had a crush on a female character. Well, isn't that just yep. delightful? I was like, boof. I'm like, <laughs> everybody loves boof. <laughs> right. Right. Every, how could you not love boof? Yeah. And so when you're like 12, you're like, you know what? Michael J. Fox, you dumb jerk. <laughs> Why'd you just friend zone that chick for the whole movie? Right. <laughs> when Boof was there, all, and he, fi- he figures it out at the end, but that's just always the 80s trope, too. But, you know, anyway, love Boof. Teen Wolf. Uh, I mean, I guess that was another kid moment for me. <laughs> I felt soul connected. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, okay. So, I mean, that. let's go back to the tail thing. All right? Okay. And this is kind of where we get into some, you know, some science because could that tail thing be related to phantom limb oh now if you guys don't know what phantom limb phenomenon is that's where if somebody that loses their arm they still feel their arm um sometimes because remember we're all i I did a i did a research paper on phantom limb in college so i'm not i'm not the expert but um i have read medical journals about it and so, they, I mean, probably because I just thought it was cool. I'm like, phantom limb. <laughs> um, but with phantom limb, so you, you still feel that arm every once in a while, even though it's gone. And I mean, think about where you feel things. You don't feel things in your hand. You know, your hand just has the nerve that collect the data and it sends right. all the data to your brain and mm-hmm. then your brain interprets it as feeling it. So... An interesting thing about phantom limb phenomena is so the nerve centers that would handle your arm or your hand that you lost, those atrophy because they don't get any more attention. You know, with your brain, it really is. If you don't use it, you lose it. You know, yeah. you use it to lose it is a total thing with the brain because it's, it's a physical thing like your muscles. You know, if you never work out your arms, you know, your, your biceps, you never work out your biceps. Then how are you going to have huge biceps? You know? I don't know. <laughs> oh, right. man, Arnold's back again. He's, of course he's back. We're talking about the other kin. It's been so many episodes I'm since here you paid for a that. visit. Right. <laughs> so you got to work on your muscles. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thanks for, thanks for returning to show, Arnold. <laughs> no problem. It's fantastic. Okay. So the thing is, is that 
Um, so that part atrophies. So the parts around it grow bigger. So whatever's next to that nerve section that your, where your arm was will get a little bigger because it has more room. And then it'll, it'll bump up against that section, like the arm section. You know, so let's say it's your left arm, the arm that works, okay. the, the arm you still have. Sure. Um, that's next to your right arm, that, which you lost in your brain, that nerve center. So if the okay. left arm nerve center gets bigger and starts intruding on the right arm's part and the right nerves get activated, you feel like you have the arm even though it's gone. So That would be so weird. Yeah, and that, I mean, it's totally weird and it freaks people out. And the worst part is a lot of people feel pain in it. Oh no! So you can—it's phantom limb pain—is where the real problem is. Oof! Yeah, you, that's you, terrible. Yeah, you can—you can be hurt. You can feel pain even if you—even if you don't have an arm. Oof. That sucks. Yeah, that's just not fair. Right. So that's why you got to research it. You're like, oh man. But uh, okay, let's let's do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's feeling a tail that isn't there, so his brain is interpreting some kind of signal that he has a tail. And he feels it. So, there so might, it could actually be something going on in his brain. There might be some chemistry involved there. Other than imagination or, you know. Right. Or could right. imagination have activated it? Mm, I see. You know, it's like, yeah. here's how I would imagine it to feel. And now my brain is interpreting that stuff. Because I identify so strongly with it. Right. And it's bypassing the part of my frontal cortex that has to say that I don't really have a tail. So it's going straight to the nerve center of the feeling of where he feel, feels it, and it bypasses the part of his brain that's like, "Well, I don't have a tail." <laughs> so um, interesting. So that might be, now, that's a, a different kind, and this is people have relate this to other kin, even even though I don't know if it, it's it's not related in the community, but there's something called transableism. Okay, and I watched a whole documentary on this a few years back, and, and it. It freaks most people out, and a lot of people who have physical disabilities find it offensive almost, because mm-hmm. some people feel that they should not have the limbs they have. Oh, it's like the opposite of the phantom, or yeah. So, so it like it, it feels like this arm shouldn't be here, right? And it feels wrong. <sighs> and I think that's what we're kind of getting into is that we have so many things in our life that, you know, you just kind of, you kind of go through and, and a lot of people who are on medication for different kinds of psychiatric uh, issues, they often talk about, I just, I just don't feel right. I don't feel like me. And we talk about the nerve cells and the pathways. And if you don't use it, you lose it. Well, we kind of, we train ourselves, we train our brains to feel like us. And so when you don't feel like yourself, that's when you start to get that, you know, that, that's when things start to get weird. Hmm. That's why a lot of that's why a lot of people will not take their medication because it's if they don't feel like themselves. I mean, if, right? Yeah. If, if you felt weird all the time, wouldn't oh, you gosh. be like, "I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to take these meds." Yeah. Right. And and so that and then that's the thing. And so the other kin, from what I'm getting, don't feel right at just as they are. I see. Okay. And I, okay. Hard to say right because then you're putting a value. I'm not putting a value judgment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's just, it is hard to explain though without, (laughs) yeah. Without using those terms. Like, Oh, I just feel wrong. Well, because now we're putting, but that's the thing. They identify with something else. They feel better when they identify with an animal. I mean, a Therian would feel better if he identifies with an animal than just as a human alone. Hmm. So like, uh, Naslavic, uh, John from Knoxville, he he feels better when he thinks of himself as a fox. And so that's when he feels right. 
So, the other kin. The big question everybody's asking. Are they are they furries? <laughs> oh gosh, really? Well, that's the thing. I mean, so <laughs> that's <laughs> right. And, and and furries don't really have a you know, furries get a lot of crap, <laughs> don't they? They do. You know? Like even and I would say even my friends that played Dungeons and Dragons and were just as nerdy as I was would be, you know, they would be like, well, yeah, sure, I wore the Spock ears, but at least I'm not a furry. Are you going to explain what that is? Okay. There might be people who don't know. All right. So furries are people who are really into anthropomorphic characters. It's anthropomorphic, which means you, you um, take a, think Bugs Bunny, right? Yeah, Bugs- it's like a mascot. It's like an animal that's... With human characteristics. Right. Like sta- standing up on two legs with two arms. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. It, that's, exa- that's exactly right. So Pepe Le Pew or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and furries just are really into it. And it's a huge thing in, in, in Japanese, Japanese cartoons, anime. Yes. Uh, well, you, I used to call it Japanimation as a kid, but you don't say Japanimation. I, I know. Thought, that's not cool anymore. I man. know. And I always thought that was an awesome name. I'm like, no, they combine, so too. They combine two words together. Don't you see how brilliant that is? <laughs> Japan not cool anymore not yeah. cool so i don't i mean i never say it anymore unless we're on a podcast but the, i mean so furries are just really into that culture and dressing up like it and talking to other people like it and 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 the sexual part of it gets is, is what gets people because they're like oh they like dressing up like animals and doing it well sure if that's the thing i don't think that's not most of the furry culture and you know i think it's just like cosplay you like certain things like if i dressed up like doctor who you know, if I had a certain outfit that looked like the doctor or I, you know, maybe, yeah. uh, I don't think that's weird. So if people just like anime and they want to dress up like that character, like an anthropomorphized raccoon or whatever. Right. I think that's awesome. So, so furries are just really into that culture. And I, I think, uh, you know, they get a bad rap Yeah, and, and they get pushed into other kin. So like, do you really think you're this cartoon character? I think most furries would say no. But some furries could be other kin. And they could say like, yes, I do think that I am Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. So it could be like a Venn diagram of... <laughs> right. Of other kin furry. And, and only on the internet do these cultures get so intermixed. Right. You know, because everybody, everybody really gets their own subculture on the internet. Because yeah, there's true. a group of people... It could be a person from Australia and a person from Lithuania and a, and a person from China and a person from the United States. And they're all collecting and all talking about the things they think are awesome. Right. You know, and yeah, sure. They could really be into Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and that's, that's whatever. It's cool. But so right. furry, furries are not other kin because that particular culture is just really into it and doesn't actually identify mm-hmm. with these um, either fictional characters or video game characters or animals. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like you were saying, the con thing, the the cosplay or like steampunk or that type right. of thing where people just, they enjoy adopting a character and becoming somebody different. Yeah, they like for, dressing up. For a certain amount of time or whatever, but it's not so deeply within them that they feel that it's like part of their soul. This person is me. Right. And that, 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 that like the soul bonding with this character or the, they actually feel they are the person. Now, I know you watch Game of Thrones. Yep. And I watched Game of Thrones, read all the uh, Song Ice and Fire books. And I mean, the main characters, the Starks, identify very much with the dire wolves. Oh, yeah. That uh, Ned brought home in the very first chapter right. of the book. 
they find the you know they find the, the direwolf cubs and then they race it and then you know like brands like he can close his eyes and he can go inside the direwolf and he can run and they talk about that you know so if you're going to make fun of otherkin then you're making fun of the starks <laughs> and if you're going to make fun of the starks just don't just then don't. you got to talk to me my friend <laughs> All right. right? Well, you know, now you we know where Mike stands. You can say a lot of things, but you know, you're not going to make fun of Stark family who have given so much to the realm <laughs> over the years. So war, they call, in Game of Thrones, in the world of uh, Westeros, they call them wargs, W-A-R-G. Mm-hmm. And they can actually inhabit, like they can, they can put their souls inside of beasts. And you'll really see, uh, if you guys read... And this isn't spoiling anything if you've seen the TV show because the TV show is ahead of the books now. But um, in Dance of Dragons, the first chapter really gets into what it means to be a warg. So you'll have to I check out to that read first those chapter. Books. Yeah, you'll really you'll enjoy them. They they add a lot to the TV show. But you know, you, you sit there in that first chapter, and the warg in that first chapter is kind of a jerk. <laughs> so it you know it doesn't portray a, you know, but. If you're thinking about how would it feel to want to be or to be part of another creature or whatever, that and George R. R. Martin does a good job of yeah. Saying that. Okay, that's a good that's a good example because I can in, just recalling some of the episodes where that's involved in the storyline. Yeah, makes me think. Oh yeah, and and you, you know, and do you think it's that weird to begin with? Because have you ever read Call the Wild by Jack London? I think I did a long time, like in grade school or something. Yeah, like. Call the Wilds about being a wolf, right? And so Jack London, I mean, to write that book, and we think of Jack London as, you know, the Yukon gold rush and a tough guy and all that kind of stuff. Well, that tough guy had to basically be an other kid and they'll be able to write that book. Yeah, well, at least in his mind. Right, Yeah. exactly. And so he had, had to identify with that creature. And then what about like Watership Down? Oh, yeah. Or any of those. <laughs> right, and it's, it's not just anthropomorphizing it, it's... It's from that perspective of the animal. Yeah, You know, it's not Bugs Bunny saying, because a rabbit's really, even if it's another kin rabbit, it's never going to be like, I think I took the wrong turn by Albuquerque or whatever he used to say, you know, like. <laughs> and it's it's different from like the rats of Nim or something, you know, where those those are distinct. Like you're saying, like Bugs Bunny, they're, they're characters. Yeah, right. That's, I think rats, oh man, Mrs. Frisbee and the rats of Nim. Now what a great book that is. Yeah, <laughs> love but that one. It's kind of like American Tale though. So like in American, yeah, in American right. Tale, you're taking a human society and you're just turning it into what animals would do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, think about Brian from Family Guy. You know, like they, yeah. he does, you know, like he falls in love with Lois or he likes to sing and does all these things. Yet he does dog stuff. And yeah, so I think I don't think that's a good example because it's a, it's a human in dog form. And, and we're more thinking of like if, if you were a, another kin dog dog kin then you would like to have experiences as a dog it wouldn't just be mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna talk to my old dog friends you know you wouldn't be yeah. talking to your dog friend anyway trying to get at that with a little bit about the wargs yeah um you know other kin in the media there was a show when we were growing up wendy that uh, it wasn't on very long but uh has has existed in jokes okay for the past 30 years it was called manimal I don't remember that show. I remember it because I watched it. And if anything was weird or whatever, I would watch it. And I think Manimal might have been on the same season as V, and V was one of my favorite shows. So oh yeah, Manimal. 
And it would be a guy that could shapeshift into any kind of animal. That's pretty awesome. And he was like a doctor that grew up in like, and they always make it the dark continent. Like he grows up in Africa and learns these secrets and stuff. And, and then he becomes the manimal. <laughs> and because the name is so ridiculous, like comedians have made fun of it for decades. Is this somewhere we can watch it like on YouTube? Or Yeah. I mean, you can watch it. Oh, I watched gosh, the intro okay. yesterday on YouTube when I was working on the outline. I was like, oh, oh yeah, manimal. He's back. <laughs> manimal. Dr. Jonathan Chase. I mean, we'll put a, we'll put the intro to Manimal in the show notes so that people can enjoy yes. it. Everybody should enjoy that. Yeah. A man with the darkest of pasts from Africa's deepest recesses to the rarefied peaks of Tibet. You know, it's right. Master of the secrets. Classic. That, master of the secrets that divide man from animal, animal from man, <laughs> Manimal. <laughs> like, and that's the, of course we're going to make fun of it. Will Ferrell was even in a, they were talking about Will Ferrell was going to remake oh. it a couple of years ago. That there was going to be a new manimal. Oh my gosh, that would starring be... Will Ferrell. I mean, they did that, that with would... the Land of the Lost. They brought back the seventies and the Land of the Lost. They might bring back the eighties with manimal. It's possible. We can hope. Yes, we <laughs> right. We can all hope. <laughs> and and uh, also, you ever see the movie The Thirteenth Warrior? With no, an, I don't believe I have. Antonio Banderas. Ooh, yes. No. Too sexy, Antonio. Yes. And this is when he was in prime sexiness. In like two thousand, like maybe nineteen ninety eight, I think the movie came out. Maybe a little, maybe a little later. I know it was. They shot it in the nineties, and then it kind of it didn't test well. So then it okay. sat around for a little while. It was based on a ah, Michael Crichton novel called The Eaters of the Dead. Ooh. Yes. And it's, anyway, we don't have to go over why Antonio Banderas has to go to Europe to fight these eaters of the dead in the eighth century. <laughs> but um. So the, the, the clan of people that they fight and that they take on wear bear skins. And the idea is that they think they're bears. Oh, that cool. They, they believe they're bears. Okay. And, and the novel, in Eaters of the Dead, the novel, they're, um, they're akin to Neanderthals. So they're Neanderthals that wear the bear skins and, and feel oh, that they're bears. Oh, okay. And, and the movie, they're less Neanderthal and just more dudes that wear bear skins and fight on Tony yeah. Banderas. <laughs> um, and a pack of Vikings. And it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a definitely, I think it's on Netflix where you guys can enjoy The 13th Warrior because it might have slipped by you huh. back when it came out. But the reason I kind of want to talk about it is that um, it's that idea of wearing the pelt. Mm-hmm. And that is, that goes down to the skinwalkers. Yes. The skinwalkers are like evil wizards in Native American, in uh, First Nations hmm. mythology. So legend has it skinwalkers can have the power to read human thoughts. They possess the ability to make any human or animal noise they choose. They can use the voice or relative of a relative or the cry of an infant to lure victims out of the safety of their homes. Oh, that sounds like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and the skinwalkers cannot enter a home without invitation. So they're like vampires that way. Hmm. And, you know, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, the Yi Neldotushi. <laughs> okay. Yi Nel. Yinaldushi. Anyway, I don't know Navajo, obviously. Um, and I always think skinwalkers when I think of Navajo code talkers because the, the words are so similar, you know. It's like, but, um, <laughs> right. And I know that the code talkers were not skinwalkers, but if the code talkers were skinwalkers, then World War II would have been over a lot sooner. Right. <laughs> Gosh. But the thing is, they, they wear the pelt of the animal and then they can become into that animal. Oh. And, and that's the early, the early stories of werewolves too. 
is that uh, you would have to wear the pelt of a wolf and you would wear that. And that's what would help turn you into it. Ah, okay. That's really different from what we're used to seeing in the movies and stuff. Yeah, because it's like a full moon. Right, and it's it's a, the transformation actually is the physical transformation. It's not just somebody putting on a suit, you know? Right, putting on a wolf suit. and that Right. But that's kind of how the original werewolf legends were. Like you put on a wolf suit, and, and this may come from something called clinical lycanthropy. And I remember reading about this when I was a kid because I was like, oh my God, lycanthropy is real. Because if you're a lycanthrope, it means you're a were creature. Oh, okay. Like lycanthropy. So if you're a lycanthrope in a in a Dungeons and Dragons game or something like that, or in a movie, then you're you know you're a creature that can shape shift into something else. You're a shifter. I see. Okay. And so when I, I remember as a kid, I was reading these books. I'm like, oh my god, lycanthropes are real. And I was like, what? That can't be. You know, because it's like blowing my mind. Right. Yeah. Of course. But clinical lycanthropy is based on people believing that they are these creatures, that they are werewolves, that they can okay. shift. And this is something we'll have to get to in the werewolf episode with like famous cases of clinical lycanthropy and people putting on the wolf suit and biting other people, you know, or attacking things or, or going for your chickens. <laughs> nice. Bringing it full circle. Yeah. And so that's where like lycanthropy, um, clinical lycanthropy is, I mean, it was, I believe, in the DSM for for disorders. Okay. And, huh. you know, I, I don't believe that's very popular in the other kin community. In I'm that, sure. Because it, they're classifying someone that believes that they are another creature as a disorder. Right. Right? Well, homosexuality was in the diagnostic uh, right, the right, DSM, exactly. you know, for a long time. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in the same realm of, of things there. Can't, I'm not equating one thing to another. Right. No, I understand what you mean. So skinwalkers are these awesome Native American beasts. And they, uh, in the X-Files episode, Shapes, bringing them back to the X-Files, the first season they, they take on the skinwalkers. So you can see that in the first season of the X-Files. Okay, cool. You know, and one cool thing, um, one movie that just came out with uh, my man Kurt Russell. Yay. In, in full, full Western mode. I anyway, just, just watched it over uh, Christmas break. It was a movie called Bone Tomahawk. Okay. And Bone Tomahawk is kind of like a horror Western. Oh, cool. And so basically it deals with the Wendigo. Hey, that sounds like something I should be in. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be in the Wendigo. Uh oh, okay. Because they're vicious cannibals. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the Wendigo. Wendy yeah. no go. You're right, the Wendy no go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but like the Wendigo are these cannibalistic spirits. And part of the legend is that the skinwalkers, when they died, the spirits would sometimes come back and inhabit people and cause them to be cannibalistic savages. Okay. I think that movie sounds really interesting. Is that out in the theaters now? or is I believe it's on DVD out? now. Oh, already? Yeah. Weird. So, okay. Bone I'm way out of tomahawk. touch in the movie. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But it deals with... And there's a movie called Wendigo... And I mean, it's that tradition of cannibalism is something that, you know, it used to get, obviously it gets really cold in the winter and that's when the Wendigo spirit would come out or people would be possessed by that. And I think a lot of that comes from people run out of food in the winter and 
you run out of food and then you think you, your neighbor starts looking good. Hey, look at that guy in the mm. teepee over there. Yummy. Yeah, he looks good enough to eat. And, <laughs> you know, and, and so the thing is that they, you know, you create this legend of the Wendigo to discourage cannibalism. And they even have like special, they have like a Wendigo dance. They do. That's a, it's a satirical dance. Okay. Meant to warn people, don't eat your friends as soon as oh. it gets cold. Because you could die. I mean, it, wow. when you're dealing with, I mean, I mean, obviously we don't have, to, in the United States, we don't have to worry about famine, you know, because right. even if it's like, oh, I mean, I guess we might with global warming and stuff, but like, even if we run out of food or something like that, you know, it's like, we still have so many Twinkies we can eat <laughs> for a long time. You know, really. A never ending reserve of Twinkies. I mean, think about if there was a zombie apocalypse, you really, if you could raid like a super Walmart or something oh, like that with a non-perishable food alone, you could probably live the rest of your life. Maybe not a big group oh, of people, but funny. you could yourself okay. live the rest of your life. And if you're back in, you know, ancient times or something like that, and it's cold in, it's, it's cold in Wisconsin yeah. right now. Right. Back then, if there's a famine, a drought, they didn't save enough grain or corn or whatever, you're going to have to eat your friends. And so <laughs> the spirit of the Wendigo... <sighs> and the, the reason I'm kind of bringing it up is, is the movie, and I'm not saying that the other kin are Wendigo, but I'm saying the other no. kin, you know, the idea of the skinwalkers and that legend comes yeah. in of the people that felt they were akin to beasts. They wore the skin of the beasts, uh, and then when they died, they came back as the spirit of these cannibals. <laughs> and so, anyway, Bone Tomahawk, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and, and it's a great movie. Very so, interesting. Yeah. And, and so I think these communities, it's really great that people can, you know, get together and talk and... Yeah, yeah. And we've had our own experience with other kids, have we not, Wendy? We have. I was just thinking about that. Okay. Why don't, why don't you elucidate me? Why don't, you, why don't you jog my memory for a second and give me a little... Well, there was a, um, a city that we used to play at very frequently, our band played at, mm -hmm. and did really well in... Are we going to talk about, or should we name the city? We should name the city. It's the, okay. home, it's the home of Bon Iver. <laughs> yes. Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Middle of the state. Beautiful. Scenic. Dangerous. Loved going up there. <laughs> yeah, dangerous. And we met several people who were very convinced that they were, I guess, part werewolf or completely yeah. werewolf. Or, I, I, don't I don't know if werewolf or, but like convinced that they were wolves. To the point where, you know, we'd be at a party and somebody would just start howling oh, wildly like you know really, at the moon like at an after party and we're we're standing around in the kitchen people are you know having a drink or whatever and or 10 and talking and as as you do at parties yeah. and then all of a sudden one dude just steps back and just starts howling like just crazy loud you know <laughs> like you just got possessed right and um and I mean, the, the people who knew the guy and were friends with him, just nobody really even flinched, you know, yeah, and we're, we're like, kind of uh, like, what's going on here? Yeah, I'm so. kind of a little terrified, like, this, what's up? But he wasn't the only one, and there seemed to be a, a grouping of them in Eau Claire. Well, and the fact that, you know, there was a, there was a magical aspect to it, too. Right, that's right, yeah, yeah. Because oh one, one of the guys that they knew <laughs> came in and told that. us that one of the people in particular said to him, that a strange man gave him an elixir. It was like, yeah, it was a vial with potion in it. And that potion could turn him into a wolf. 
Yeah, so that made me feel like we stepped into a, a book, like a, yeah. fa- like a fantasy um, Ma- story. Right, it made me feel soul connected to somebody in a fantasy story, because I'm like, it made me feel like I'm in an H.P. Lovecraft book or something. Like, like what's yeah, because going the on in Because the person who told us that completely believed it, and or at least he was convincing enough that... He convinced us that he was convinced he believed it. Right, exactly. So he was a nice guy and Whatever. a normal enough person. Right, so I was just like, this I, this is very interesting right, piece of information. Just, you can't be around my chickens. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. like we can hang out or whatever, but. So that by, was definitely a very curious chapter in the Sunspot touring history. Not by the coop, brother. Okay. Not just that, though. <laughs> there was also somebody that felt soul connected to a zombie. Remember, like there'd be a point in the night where the guy would stop talking and just start growling. No, I don't remember that, but I, okay. I, I believe it. You believe it. Yeah, I remember it. Because he, like, he was hiding under a table and like growling and reaching for people as they came oh, by. Oh, goodness. And his nickname was Zombie. And so they're like, no, he just thinks he's a zombie. It seems I'm, like a little bit of a liability at a party, having somebody right. like that. Right. Having, having the, the growling grabber. Like, right, exactly. Like, it's like you're standing there eating chips. <laughs> All of a sudden you feel your, something on your foot like... Take your, the table. take your friend home, man. He's growling and grabbing people. He's oh. terrifying the straights. And right. So anyway, so it really, no, but they were cool and stuff like that. And, and they were fun guys. It just was an interesting thing because I'd never really heard of it. It was interesting. And it was like at the time also, I mean, it seemed strange, but it also didn't seem strange. Yeah, like we were hanging out with these people and they're great and like. Just like, oh yeah, yeah, he's a werewolf. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know, he thinks um, he's a wolf. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, so and this is way before, this is way before, I mean, the internet was around, of course, but I, I don't think. This is way before I knew what a furry was. Yeah, me too. And sure. this is way before I even thought that people, that I would re- realize that people would eventually feel part other. Yeah. You know? The only time I'd ever heard of it was lycanthropy, like the clinical lycanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we, we, you know, we've, we've experienced the community on our own. It's, it's, it's interesting. It was fun and stuff like that. But uh, it's definitely a group and it definitely has a lot of pop culture references and a lot of paranormal references. Right. At the same time. Indeed. So. Indeed. So speaking of wearing another creature on top of you, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, the the song this week is kind of feeling that you're in a different body and that maybe you're not in the right place mm-hmm. and maybe you discover that you're the wrong person or, or feel akin to something else. So uh, this, this week, the new Sunspot song is called Another Skin.
for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. You know, your, your biceps, you never work out your biceps. Then how are you going to have huge biceps, you know? Right. Of course he's back with talking about the other kin.